Now what? 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 Okay, I'm ready. Are you? Yep. Yep. It's spray time. Okay, ready? Here we go. Ooh, oh, that was God, a I just love it. I just love it so much. I just love it. Fires me up. I sprayed mine a little too close to my face. <laughs> I'm learning. I'm hanging this. out with my friend Tamar Medford. <laughs> and I'm hanging out with my friend Lane Kennedy. We're hanging out with you. This is the Now What Society. Thanks again for hanging out with us. I'm psyched. Me too. Yeah. What's happening? We- <sighs> well, it's a good day. It's a good and day. And we have... We've had so many good conversations lately. We've had good audience engagement. It's, I mean, we have listeners from all over the world. So that's been really exciting. I'm just, I'm trying to get over the fact that I sprayed my face a little bit too close today. <laughs> I have a, I have a new office. And I know the just, branding color, the color looks fab. Looks right? dynamite. Yeah. So I'm learning space. Yeah. Pull, extend the arm a little uh-huh. further next time, but it was still delightful. It's good. Yeah, I like you're gonna have to take a picture and put this up so our listeners can see your space. Maybe that's what we should do. We should do a post about what our spaces are evolving spaces. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You don't want to hear about our spaces, do you, though? No. (laughs) They're like, why are we here today? Why are you here? Why are you here? That's right. We have a great episode today. Uh, We're talking with Anissa Hudak. You want you want to talk about who she is? Yeah, uh, Anissa is a two-time rape survivor, and she is a. You have to start with that. Trauma, okay, well, because we're starting with the heavy, and we're lightening it up because it's oh light. The end is always light, but she's a trauma heal healing yoga instructor, which I'm I'm super excited to get into. Okay, I'm starting with she's a Black Friday shopper extraordinaire, and she's oh. a mom of two teenage boys and an angel. Can yeah. I add one more? Yeah, go for it. She's a foodie. Yes. She's our friend right there. Let's let's just, let's just, yeah. I mean, enough said. Yankee she's fan. Our, our I don't know. You can, uh, no, not a we'll Yankee let fan. that, we'll let that go. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to have a great conversation. Mm-hmm. <sighs> let's get into it. Let's do this. Yeah. We're here. <laughs> yes. And they said, what's up today? I'm good. How are you? So good. Uh, okay. I just have to say, Anissa has the best shirt yeah. ever today. I didn't get uh, it at all. Yeah. It says, that's a horrible idea. What time? Yeah. Tamar and Anissa had a great laugh. And I was like, what are you talking about? I don't get it. Went right <laughs> over my head. I feel like a ding dong, but that's okay. It's normal. I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah, but then I understood should- it. Usually it's me. So I'm, thank you for taking the pressure off me this morning, Lane. (laughs) Oh man. So good. All right. So Anissa, we're going to go deep today. I have this feeling because that's the work you do. It is. You are this incredible yoga therapist, correct? Is that how you would identify? Uh, yoga center, therapist, yes, incredible. That you know, the jury's still out. Come on, you're incredible. <laughs> you're hanging out with us. This is true. So I am. Yes, I've made it. I've made it. <laughs> Own it. Own it. Oh, amazing. So your mom, you have two kiddos. 
I do. Yes, I have uh, soon to be 21 if, um, you know, that's a day by day thing. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, and then I have a 17 year old yeah. and I have an angel. Yeah. Incredible. When did you um, become a mother of an angel? Uh, my younger son, Connor, is a twinless twin. Okay. So he started out as a twin and yeah. then uh, lost him in utero. His yeah. Twin. Yeah. I love that. I love that identification. I know other women who have lost in utero and I don't think they identify that. Like that's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Tamar, I know you have a lot of questions around this topic. Uh, You know, yoga therapy, trauma. uh, So I'm going to let you kind of guide the boat a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to poke around the edges. How about that? That sounds like a plan. Let's roll. And you're a foodie before we yes. get into these, <laughs> which that is the way to my heart. Most days. I mean, I do just about anything for food. So I appreciate that. I just wanted you to know that. Well, thank you. Yes. Um, I actually come from a, a family of restaurateurs. My uncle owned um, restaurants in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually going to go to the Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park, New York, um, mm-hmm. but I, I changed paths. And now my 17 year old son, Connor, is he's been accepted. And so he's going and uh, food. You know, some people live to eat mm-hmm. and some people eat to live. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I live to eat. I mean, it's just <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. Well, OK. I have many questions around this, but why don't we kind of start off at the beginning now? I know a lot of women who have experienced sexual trauma Mm -hmm. and a a lot of women, it's a journey to get back to the point where they can enjoy things like sex safe. Now, you are a two-time rape survivor. So can you kind of share a bit of that story? And was it difficult for you after, like, you know, in terms of physical touch and feeling safe? Um, Because I know a lot of our listeners can probably relate to this topic. Um, Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, feeling safe in your own body, feeling secure in your own skin, um, and then feeling the touch of someone else. I mean, if you can't trust yourself, how can you trust anyone else? Mm. And you lose that trust within yourself because you feel like you failed yourself when you haven't. Mm -hmm. However, that's, you know, and I think initially how everybody feels like we failed ourselves. Our body failed us. We, we weren't able to keep ourselves safe Mm -hmm. and um, how stupid we were. We didn't see the signs and, and the, you know, red flags and, you know, all of this stuff. And so, yeah, afterwards, you know, if we can't trust ourselves, how can we trust someone else? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you mentioned red flags because we're actually, I mean, you know, this whole week, like we have a lot of topics around sex in the month of November. Do you think they teach enough of that kind of stuff, like red flags? I didn't learn really about, I mean, we, we basically learned if a stranger approaches you, just say no, run away, right? But as a teenager, I mean, you want to be liked, you want to be cared for, you have, you know, at that time, I, you know, you have boys that are interested or girls that are interested and you just want to be liked. So I think some teenagers don't know what the red flags are. 
Well, as far as red flags, I would recommend the book, The Gift of Fear by Gavin DeBecker. Okay. If you haven't read it, I think every woman walking the planet should read that book. Because in some sense, you do know beforehand, mm. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, it's kind of our trusting nature. No, that can't possibly be hap- mm-hmm. what's happening, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but also too, I don't think people really understand what rape is. And I have a lot of women who come into my free Facebook group and they're like, something happened, but I don't know if I was raped. And quite frankly, I even said that when I was mm-hmm. first raped. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, our sisters who have been in d- domestic violence situations, more than likely they have been raped mm-hmm. and they don't even realize it. It's, it's kit and caboodle with, with everything. Um, and is, is there a standard definition of rape or is it self-identified? You know, I think that if there's been any kind of a, a sexual situation that has left you feeling less than Mm-hmm. And not that your partner wasn't all that. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, mm-hmm. you know, something is gnawing at you in the pit of your stomach and you're saying something just wasn't right there. This mm-hmm. wasn't. You need to investigate that for mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's things called coercion rate. Um, you know, you want to hey, define that? That'd be awesome ab- if you could define absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you go out on a date and I, I actually, I had this happen. I went out on a date with a guy. We, he was driving me home and he said, um, where are we going to pull off? I said, for what? No, he's like, no, he did not. <laughs> oh yeah. First date. First oh my date. God. He said, well, I bought you dinner. So you're going to blow me. What? I said, I'm sorry. I'm going to what? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Here's 20 bucks. Just drop me off at home. Yeah. You know, that's coercion rate. When somebody is holding something against you and making you perform a sexual act, coercion rape. Um, there's intimate partner rape. Your, your spouse can rape you. You know, just because you're married doesn't mean it's always a yes. I, I, so I think right there, that happens so often. More, like people are, women are not talking about this, right, at all. I would love to know stats on that. Um, because I'm sure it is just, you can't even find those stats, right? Because who's going to, yeah. Who's going to own that or identify that because they probably sit at home and and I'm going to get in trouble. My husband will leave. It's going to get worse. Was I even really raped? Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the question. Was I really raped? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that happens. And it's not pretty. Um, so it's not, rape doesn't always have to be, you know, some guy dragging a girl down a back alley. I mean, you know, very rarely does that happen. Actually, more than likely, you know the person. Yeah, and that doesn't surprise me at all. Like, not at all. So did, did you find, you know, after you had experienced it, that you had to learn to be comfortable with yourself first. Cause I, you know, it's, I, I, I've never gone through it. Right. So I can't speak from a perspective that I've been, you know, raped before, but I would imagine. And for me, because I was very self-conscious, I wasn't comfortable in my own body. I felt I got teased 
um, when I was younger. And so I really felt like, uh, I, I'm just not, I'm not pretty, right? I'm not good enough. I don't have a good body, but I had to learn how to love myself again. And that had to start from within, right? Nothing, no external, you know, being with the perfect partner, like that did not make me more comfortable sexually. It had to start within. Can you share a bit about that journey and how you did that? You know, that was, um, that was really tough for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first time I was raped, I was 18. And I did what everybody else does. I went and I saw a therapist, talk therapist. And then um, I, a couple of years later, I got married. I wanted to have children. You know, I would go back to therapy every couple of years, revisit it, talk about it some more. There was never any real closure. And then um, about six and a half years ago, I was raped again. However, this time I was a yoga therapist. What I found even before I was raped again, um, being on the mat really helped me feel embodied in my body, in my skin, mm -hmm. feeling comfortable, um, being, you know, feeling sexy again, getting my you know, body moving and um, liking the way it was looking, liking the way it was feeling. That's when I really started to feel like, oh, mm -hmm. this is what I should be feeling like. Like all those years, you know, marriage, motherhood, mm -hmm. I didn't really have that feeling. I was missing out on it. And it wasn't until I got on the mat, did I actually start to feel that way? And so then I was raped again. And I said, okay, I'm going to put on my clinician hat. And what would I tell my client? Okay. Can I pause for a second? So the first time you were 18 mm -hmm. and then fast forward to six years ago, it happened again. Yeah. But prior to it happening again, you were in your body because you were practicing yoga. You had kind of gotten into your life and in, into the body. So I want to hear, how did you get into yoga? Because I feel like when people get into yoga, they're, they're transitioning into something. So what was going on for you? I, um, I wanted to take teacher training classes for yoga because I didn't want to go to anybody else's classes. I didn't want to be on anybody's <laughs> schedule. So true. <laughs> I, I wanted to keep myself safe because I knew that was important. Yeah. And I didn't know anything about it. Other than I loved yoga and I wanted to keep myself safe, but I didn't want to go to a class. So I took a class. I had no aspirations of ever teaching. And what I realized with yoga is for me, is it a beautiful gift? And I wasn't going to be teaching. I was going to be sharing this gift. And when I looked at it that way, I was like, okay. So within a month of um, finishing that first class, I had two job offers. And I said, I think the universe is trying to tell me something. Mm -hmm. And I started taking more and more classes mm -hmm. and spending more and more time on my mat. And the classes that I was taking was through Yoga Fit, great company mm -hmm. for um, anybody looking to maybe take some yoga teacher training classes, great mm -hmm. company. And they offered um, PTSD for um, active duty and retired military. Now, my husband at the time was active duty. 
we live in Manhattan, Kansas, right outside of Fort Riley. There's a huge retired retiree and active duty community here. I was like, I should really take these classes and bring them back and be of service to my community. Mm-hmm. And I was about halfway through the first day of the first class. And I realized, oh, crap. The first person I have to work on is right here. And it started this journey of, you know, self-discovery, self-recovery, and it's been amazing. Mm. So then when I was raped again, like I said, put the clinician hat on. What do I tell my clients? Okay, take that hat off and now go to work. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I did do was I found a talk therapist who only dealt with sexual trauma. That was his specific, you know, specialization. And that did wonders. Um, Seeing a family therapist or a marriage counselor or, you know, any kind of just someone who does generalized therapy, they don't really get it, unfortunately. So if you are where I am, where, where I was, you know, find somebody who specifically deals with sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. What also was kind of cool was that it was a guy and I had never gone to a male therapist Mm. and I was like, how am I going to talk to him about these things? And I will tell you, I did more progress with that man than any of my other therapists. And I think that's a beautiful thing. We just had that conversation about doctors, right? And that my doctor is a male doctor and he's always been absolutely amazing. Um, you know, one of the things that you had mentioned, which I love, is that when we start to do these things for ourselves, that really helped you uncover what your purpose was. Like, you know, and, and Lane and I talk about this throughout our journey, that it's our experience, it's what we've been through And I bring this up because I think a lot of women are ashamed of what they've been through in their past and we want to like, you know, sweep it under the rug. But really by taking the action, starting yoga, discovering that, hey, maybe I could actually help other women overcome this stuff. I love that you just said that because I think that's important for women to acknowledge that, hey, maybe this could actually be a gift. Do you feel that way? Oh, absolutely. You know, for, for many years, I actually worked with veterans, active duty and military mm. and retired, and I had a great time. They were wonderful. However, when I was in my private studio space and I had women who came in who were like me and I got to see them make a shift on their mat, that was better than anything, you know, the, the price of admission. Um, and then, so what that's does it look like? What does it look like when somebody starts to make that shift on the mat? What are you seeing? You know, people can walk into a class and you can just see this gray cloud above them. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can see the weight of the world on them. Yeah. And you get them on the mat and you start moving their bodies. They're moving their bodies. You're just, you know, the instrument really. Guidance. Yeah. yeah. You know? And, um, all of a sudden, the gray cloud starts to fizzle away and they're not carrying so much weight on their shoulders. And then when they go to leave and, and it's all over, they kind of float out of the room. And they've left that behind. Um, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's crying on the mat. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a smile when they hadn't smiled the whole hour. 
um, sometimes you can see the wheels clicking and all of a sudden you can see that they have a breakthrough and they don't mm -hmm. have to tell you, you just see it. Mm -hmm. And it's just an amazing thing. Yeah. I can relate so very much when I, um, when I do my public yoga nidra classes, you know, students will come in and they really don't, uh, know where they're going. They just know that they need to get on the mat. And that process of just being on the mat, just saying, raising their hand sometimes is enough to start the ball rolling to transformation. And that's what I hear in what you're sharing is that uh, a woman finds herself on the mat and then there's an unwrapping of herself, so to speak. Yeah. And so when a woman has that discovery of, oh my freaking G-O-D, I have to deal with this. What are the next steps that, you know, as a yoga therapist, what are your next steps in, in supporting her transformation? So my scope of practice is moving trauma out of the body. I yes, let's get therapist. into it. Let's, I, this is my favorite thing in the world. Go. <laughs> Let's hear it. Come on. That, I am not a talk therapist. However, I am human. And so I can listen. I'm happy to listen because part of yoga is releasing. And if that's what they need to do, then let, let's do it. Get it out. However, I'm not a talk therapist. And so what I recommend is number one, get a book. Get a, get a journal, start writing it all down as much as you remember, whatever it is, write it down. And number two, find a therapist that you can go and take your book with and, and, and you know, unwrap it with them because they are the trained professionals who do that. I am the trained professional to get it out of your body, to help you overcome the PTSD, to help bridge the brain and the body together again. Uh, when, when we have PTSD, the brain and the body do not talk to one another. And so it's my job to help you reestablish that connection. And so that's what I tell them. You need to find somebody you can speak to. Um, I mean, do I recommend people? Sure, if they want. Um, but, you know, it's about them finding what works for them. But that's what I do. I, I move bodies. So what is that movement? Are you, do you have like a 20 minute routine that you do? Are you starting in downward dog? Like what, like, what does that restorative practice look like? I guess that's what I invite the opening of the conversation around like that. Is it, do you have a, a specific series of poses that you do? Um, yeah, let's kind of unwrap that a little bit for our listeners. So it is a full hour. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, it is. It's a full hour. Okay. That's juicy. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> um, it is a, a scientifically um, prescribed method. Uh, we know that we hold trauma in uh, on a cellular level in our bodies. We also know that there are certain muscle groups that hold the trauma that we really need to get into. 
like like the psoas muscle so intense (laughs) it's so intense it was funny i went to a cadaver lab this year and i said to the guy who was presenting i was like um i really want to see the psoas muscles like i want to see what what am i working with you know and he's like i don't know where that is really i said okay and and everybody in the room like stopped nobody knew where the psoas muscle was and i said well does our lady here have hip flexors and he's like oh yeah they're right here i said yeah the psoas muscle that is the part like i'm always like like that (laughs) so intense it was really incredible so we warm up the entire psoas trail and then we get in deep into the psoas muscle we're trying to get it to exhaustion um and if you've ever been to the gym and you know it's been arm day and all of a sudden your arms start to jiggle uncontrollably on their own that's what we're trying to get so um your thighs that we're trying to make that spasm happen in the thighs by doing so we are doing a couple of different things one we're helping to reset the central nervous system the psoas muscle quite frankly to me in my humble opinion is the most important muscle of the body and because if you didn't have the psoas the hip flexors if you didn't have them quite frankly, you'd be screwed. Um, if you've ever been ill or injured and you've, <clears throat> your body has instinctively curled up into the fetal position, it is those two little muscles that do that for you to protect all of the muscles in the trunk. So without that, all of your trunk, so, so your heart, your lungs, your kidneys, you know, liver, everything would be exposed, which is why I think, in my humble opinion, the psoas is the most important muscles in your body. <clears throat> so that being said, um, <clears throat> we work it to exhaustion where um, it helps to reset the central nervous system. It, um, it's your emotional warehouse, frankly. So all of your, your joy, your excitement, your happiness, your love, your frustration, your stress, your aggravation, your grief, is all held in these two muscles. And so maybe you or you've heard someone say, gosh, my my hips are really tight. Yeah, when I hear somebody say that, I'm like, yeah, what's going on in your life? Because we hold it all there. And so it's my job to help you move it out of there. And I've never even heard of that muscle before. What? No. I'm like, you know, now you've, you've stated what it is, but I have never heard that before. Oh, it's intense. Dude, it's going to change your life. Makes sense. It makes sense though. Yeah. Oh, the hip flex. Yeah, that. I used to have a massage therapist that would get in there. Oh. Yeah, I'd tell me about it. Like, and she, and, and she just be, and she just like hold down and like put her thumb and just, do this one move and and I would go into I'd go into tears. Yeah. Like absolute just bawling, you know? And yes. then she, you know, she would just say, It's okay. You're okay. You're okay. You're okay. I've been raped several times in my life. And I have had to sorry about that. I've had to kind of go through a lot of trauma work and heal. And I've done extensive 
work because I don't think I could be walking around the planet um, otherwise. Because I, like you were just saying, you know, all of that um, emotional um, angst, fear, it all stays inside, right? Yeah. So my, my literally my um, hip flick, the psoas, right? I, um, I couldn't be touched, you know? Um, it, and sometimes if I get under, like if I get frustrated, it goes right there. Mm-hmm. It goes right there. And then I'm like, okay, get in the sauna, relax lane, stretch it out. <laughs> like I have a, a like a list, little system that I do for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but it takes time. Anissa, it just takes time, right? Yeah. To, to, yeah, to heal and built in a day. I mean, I know, but, it, but we live in the society where, you know, we want things. That there is no silver bullet. Mm-hmm. There's no pill. There's no magic wand, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and I can't make it go away. I can help you. Yeah. But I can't do the work. You know, you have to be willing to do the work mm-hmm. and it's going to take however long it takes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everybody's different. You know, that's one of the, well, how long does it take? Everybody's <laughs> different. Everybody's trauma is different. I mean, it's you so know, I, I don't know. It, it depends on the individual person and how mm-hmm. much work they put into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, as a society, we're so quick to be prescribed medication yeah. to get over this stuff like it's it, as yeah. we're talking about the hips like i i woke up this morning and my hips were really aching and sore actually the last three days and it's it's progressively gotten worse and because i've been dealing with a lot of stuff i've had trauma that's been brought up again and i'm actually i i just you know i pulled out the book i have that the body keeps score right which is something that i'm going to start reading um because i'm like oh okay this needs to be addressed again and it, but it does take time. And we talk about it on the show. It's time takes time. And everybody wants that quick fix so they can get on with life. Well, maybe you need to slow down and start to just work through that process. As far as meds are concerned, I, I'm a proponent of meds if you need them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think <clears throat> better living through chemistry, it's a wonderful thing. Um, what I don't like is how doctors go about prescribing mental health meds Mm. and it's you know we're going to try this for six to eight weeks and we're going to see how you do and then you know if if you're not doing well we're going to prescribe another one for six to eight weeks and we're going to see how that goes if you have someone who's in crisis they don't have six to eight weeks or another six to eight weeks and so um I found we, we have amazing technology that's available to us. I don't know if you ladies have heard of um, GeneSight. I have no? no. So it's a swab test. You get it back in a, a week and it lists all of the mental health drugs that are good for you to take based on your DNA. So it takes that whole six to eight week trial out of the equation. And what's really neat is that, um, so you, it's all the mental health drugs. There's three categories. The, um, th- this works best for your DNA. Um, the middle column is like, this might work. This may not work. 
And then the, oh my God, do not give list. And my, my son was having an issue. We had the test done and, you know, one of the drugs they really wanted to put him on was in the do not give list. So then we found what worked for him and voila, we were off to the races. So then I was like, I wonder, you know, I've been on Zoloft for years. I wonder where that falls for me. And when I got mine back, it was almost a mirror images of my son's, which was crazy, um, but makes sense. But then um, my Zoloft was in the middle column. And so I wound up actually going on the same meds he was on. And wow, what a difference. So I don't think there's anything wrong with meds. And again, it, it, you know, it's taking away that stigma. And, and you know, it's just a chemical imbalancement. That's all it is. And so if you can remedy that with a medication, why not? Why make yourself suffer and everybody around you? Yeah, and I think the reason that I bring it up is because I, I don't believe enough people will really, or, or doctors, right, will ask the right questions, will dig into, you know, the, what are you putting in your body? What are you doing? Yes, there's specific, um, you know, times when I think it is, you know, maybe people need to be medicated, but, you know, it's those times where we're not being inquisitive. And like you said, just giving out a prescription and kind of thing. So I think trauma, it goes deeper. Like we need to deal with trauma. We need to get, do the yoga. We need to do the therapy. We really need to dig in. Well, it's not a one size fits all. And I think the doctors have their favorites. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say they're getting kickbacks, but you know, who knows? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's all they prescribe because they know it. They prescribe it to everybody and away we go. Your trauma recovery is not a one size fits all kind of a thing. And what works for you isn't going to work for the person next to you. It is about you. Mm -hmm. And it's about finding what works for you. Yeah, this is so much in alignment. I, I mean, with the work that I do with people in the sense that everybody is unique, right? Every single body is unique. Every single system is unique. And so, uh, you know, looking at your DNA and understanding it, right. There, there's, there's that, right. But there's understanding, you know, your movement, how your body should actually move, uh, what foods you should be consuming, right. All of this is a part of one's mental health and all of it supports how you work through trauma. Right. So you can get medicated. Sure. That's going to take care of some, but if you're not taking care of how you're moving and what you're eating, then you're just elongating that cycle, right? You're, you're not getting down underneath. You're not allowing yourself to go underneath and, and deal with the trauma. Right. So I, you know, it, medication is a very touchy sub like subject on this show. And I'm not for it against it. I am exactly what, you know, Anissa was just saying, it's like finding what is good for you and finding uh, precision medicine, finding a practitioner who will support you and ask you the right questions. Like Tamar was just saying, it's like, 
there's, you know, we talked on an earlier episode about how my uh, functional practitioner is overloaded and she literally talks for me like 20 minutes and then it's like on to the next, you know, patient. 20 minutes is not enough time to understand what is happening with somebody. It's just not. And when we have trauma, it's like you need weeks and months and maybe years, right? I mean, if somebody hits the mat, uh, and I and I've seen this, when they start moving the body, there is a shift. There is a magical shift. How long have you been doing this work, Anissa? Um, it seems like forever. Um, <laughs> I, I guess about six years, six, maybe seven years. Seven years. Okay. And when your second incident occurred, was it uh, from somebody you knew or was it a stranger or? Someone I knew. Someone you knew. See, I think that is just so, it, it, it it makes it really challenging for women because we open our hearts. We open, we're trustworthy. You know, we're, we're just, yeah, it's super hard, especially in the world that we live in today. You know, do you have any tips for our listeners on how to like walk about in the world so they don't get taken advantage of, or they're not, not taken advantage, not probably the right wording, but so they don't have that in their head of like, Oh, I'm, just about to get raped or this is going to happen or, you know, what would you say? The book, the gift of fear, the gift of fear. Just, okay. Go back to the book, go back to the book. Um, my therapist, that's what he had me read. And when I read it, I was like, Oh, not an easy (laughs) book to read, not an easy book to read. Okay. Um, however, in looking at it, I was like, Oh, okay. We'll leave, um, we'll put that book in the show notes for you if you're listening and Mm -hmm. you want to grab a copy of it. Um, yeah, I think it's all about empowering every single woman at any, any age, any age. Well, and it's funny you say that because I'm finding that there are a lot of women who are, um, like me, you know, um, be kind of becoming an empty nester. And, you know, um, we might've been attacked um, in our teens, early twenties, maybe. Then, you know, we, we kind of buried it and we didn't really deal with it. And we got married and we had kids and we were busy in the trenches with kids. And now all of a sudden we're empty nesters and yep. Yep. we're left with this. It yep. comes back around and people are starting, you know, women are starting to say, whoa, I got to deal with this now. How do I deal with this? Yep. And it's been really interesting to see more and more women coming around to this. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I feel your pain. I think it's empowering to say, I am going to look at this. I am going to work through it. I am not going to let this um, take my life anymore. Because even at the subconscious level, right? If they haven't dealt with it, they had a full life, they have married and kids, right? It, it's still under there. Yeah. And this is shaking her head right now. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, you're faced with a, a quandary. You know, mm. it's going to suck Yeah. to deal with it. This is not going to be pretty. This is going to be messy. It's going to suck. <laughs> 
I love it's you're so serious. It's gonna suck. Yeah. But it's I don't, true. I don't I don't want to I have to bring levity to this, right? Because this is a very serious conversation. Oh, it's just so serious. However, however, yes. Life <laughs> on the other side of it is so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of convincing folks to deal with the, you know, elephant in the room. Yeah. You can't go around it. You can't go over it. You can't go under it. You can only go through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But once you do, mm-hmm. you've done it and it's over. Yeah. That one I agree. I agree. And, you know, that's, I love that we end the show off that way, right? <laughs> it's that you have to go through it. You have to. You know, don't sit in it because that's not going to help. <laughs> No, it's, it's, you know, finding your tribe. That's the, I could not supposed to use that word. Finding your community. Yep. Community. Good one. Find, good save. Finding your community, um, finding, you know, practitioners like Anissa who can help you move your body, work yep. through it, finding a talk therapist that can help you, that can listen, that can perhaps, you know, give inquiry, um, can hold space. A lot of times I feel like women need space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. That's so intense. That's what we do. That's what we love to do is yeah. hold space for women. Yeah. And that's an amazing and empowering thing to be able to do. Um, especially when you're run you're around women who are like you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um there's nothing like it. You know, we don't we don't have to talk about it 24-7. We just no. know. Yeah. You know, they say one out of every four women have been sexually assaulted. We actually think the numbers are one out of every two. Because I was just going to say, I think it's more. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it's, it's more. one out of every two. So there's a really good possibility you know someone in your life who has also experienced this. Mm-hmm. Well, just look at the three of us, right? You, you and I, Tamar, have you? Yeah, you've been too. No, almost, but no. Okay. So uh, we've been assaulted. Mm-hmm. Right. So here, here's two, two out of three. I've been assaulted, but it never led sexually. Yeah. I was very fortunate that way. Yeah. You are lucky. Yeah. It's incredible. Anissa. Yes, ma'am. All right. Women are going to, if they're interested, they're going to go to healing trauma, correct? Is that? No, they're going to go to trauma healing yoga. Trauma healing, trauma healing yoga. I have it written down and everything. (laughs) Trauma healing yoga. Uh, And they can take a class with you. They can work with you. I do one-on-ones. Great. I also am, between now and the end of the year, I am going to be releasing a membership for women who are like me. Great. And it's going to have live and recorded classes. We've got some meditations, you know, recorded meditations, yoga nidras. Yoga nidras are like so yummy. Oh my God. Delicious. Like better than sex. I'm sorry. Do you need me to do some for you? Because I will. Oh, (laughs) we might have to talk. We might have to talk. And then, um, but also too, it's going to be, you know, community. Um, surrounding women with uh, other women who are like themselves and education. Because when I was going through my teacher training classes, 
and I was really being educated about what was happening in my body. Then when it happened, I could say, wait a minute, I know what this is. Hold on. I don't have to do what I always do. Maybe I'm going to respond differently this time. And you, it makes you pause. It makes you take that breath. It makes you change how you're going to re, you know, react or respond. And so the education is really important. I think it's a sin that we know in, in you know, high school biology, even before then, if you break your arm, you're going to go to the hospital, you're going to get an x-ray, you're going to get a cast, you're going to be well in six weeks and your bone is okay. Mm. However, nobody teaches you about your central nervous system or how to reset it. And we all have one, but nobody talks about resetting it. And it's going to happen to all of us at some point in our lives. So true. I am just so grateful that you do the work that you do to help our sisters. Um, it's, you know, it's not an easy path to find yourself on. And I just love when there is a community that we can fall into. So I would just want to say thank you for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. I really enjoyed this. You guys are super. <laughs> I think we're pretty fun. I think so. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a part of it. Right. Anissa, we'll see you again. Thanks, everyone. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Wow. Heavy. So heavy, dude. <laughs> oh. But so needed. So needed. So needed. I mean, this is why people, women die. They drink and drink and drink mm -hmm. because they don't want the secrets to come out. They don't want to think about it but they could work with someone like Anissa and everything would change. Exactly. And I mean, look at the stats and we think they're probably more than that. Yeah. How many women have yeah. experienced this? So, yeah. you know, if we actually start to talk about it, which is what yeah. we do on the show and let's you know, talk listeners may be like, why are we talking about this? Well, you know what? Because mm -hmm. it's okay to talk about. Yeah. Let's talk self-awareness. It's all about self-awareness and healing this journey is really it's an ongoing mm -hmm. healing journey of completely healing. completely spiritual yep. everything is spiritual it is i i could have gone down that rabbit hole but i didn't i chose <laughs> not to go down that i can't even get into it now that's another conversation that's another podcast episode it's another podcast yeah uh this was powerful it was powerful uh you know check anissa out uh, really look at that book, show notes, mm -hmm. get into the community with us, hang out with us. Mm -hmm. We have the book club. Yeah. Hello, shelf indulgence. Where are you? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, head on uh, to our website. And Meditation Wednesdays, dun, 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 midday, 12 Pacific Standard Time, 12 noon. Yeah. Wednesdays. Tomorrow, I'll see you next time. Sounds good, Lane. See ya.